Hi everyone and welcome to episode 152 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. The Zodiac Age is finally out Lauren. Woo! That's some serious excitement. I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, it's great. Um, it's crazy that we're here. I mean, like, I swear, like, a year and a half ago or two years ago or so, we were sort of telling ourselves, yeah, it's it's probably not going to happen. And then all of a sudden it was announced. And then now it's here. And it's just a bit surreal, really. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Uh, especially because, yeah, like, they, it was rumored for such a long period of and time. And we're just like, it's just not going to happen. Like, is it? But it did. But it did. But it did. It's and now it's here. Amazing. It's now here. We're playing it. Uh, I hope you guys are all playing it as well. If you haven't picked it up, you probably should consider doing so because yes. there's a ton of changes with this version of the game and it it's aged pretty well. Yeah. And it's on the new console. So it's just like, you know, all win, 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 win. Very much win, 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 win. Win, 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 win. win. win, win, win. <laughs> so yeah, that's going to be our main segment today. We're going to be talking about the Zodiac Age. Uh, we're going to be doing a bit of a retrospective from our perspective um and then we're going to be talking about kind of how we're getting on with it so far uh so you can share our experiences while you're playing it yourself yeah so lovely oh it's so lovely um, but before we get on to that i mean we actually i should say we're also gonna have a very small news segment again there's not really that much going on at the moment uh square are being very quiet about mm-hmm. things um but yeah so that's going to be our two things this episode um before we get on to that though i have to remind everyone well i don't have to but i'm going to remind everyone that final fantasy union is of course part of a podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom hearts union and it's presented by the gaming union network we have a new show every tuesday working in rotation with kingdom hearts union and we come on the itunes store as well as finalfantasyunion.com Moving on to our Patreon shout-outs. This is for everyone who has pledged $2.50 or more per episode. And you guys are awesome. Yes. Now, two episodes ago, I did it. Last episode, Lauren did it. I think this episode, we should go back to normal. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to kick things off with Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Christian Burge. Lewis James. Satria Jaya Sudharma at Satria 625 Ribbon. Tyson Wildman at Ty Wildman 1. Blue Machine at Blue Machine. Chris Morales. Eric Decker at Choco Taco. Holly Crawley at Dogs at T Akami. Jonathan Gonzalez at Oh, It's Just Johnny. Josh McNabb at J2K9. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Masker 23. Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto 58. Brian McCardle at Darth Brain 92. William Trengove. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews at Doomster 73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Hacker. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Mohammed Kayum. Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Knack 95. Perry Ramsted. Rachel Casterton at Urba Yunray. Vitanitas. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Zach Porter at Porter Paradox. John McCrae. Marcus Karnecki. Miles Ribbons. And I just do want to shout out all our new supporters this episode. So we've got Tyler Walsh, Miles Ribbons, and William Trengove. It's back. Welcome oh, back, hi, William. Hi, William. But so, yes, thank you guys so much. So, yes, we are now going to move on to our main topic, topic this of the episode. Day. So, yes, obviously, the Zodiac Cage has now released. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's been going crazy about it. And uh, I think before we get on to, obviously, the Zodiac Cage, the remastered version of everything, I think it was important to talk about kind of where where our Final Fantasy twelve journey began. Because I know yeah. we had very different experiences. And I know there's probably a good chunk of you listening to this right now that 
perhaps didn't play Final Fantasy XII in the past or your new listeners, new uh, kind of entrance into the franchise because you have to consider that Final Fantasy eleven, uh, Final Fantasy XII mm-hmm. came out over a decade ago now. Yeah. And a lot that's a lot of time passed. It is. It is. I mean, hell, like my life was so different back then. <laughs> but yeah, um, so with Final Fantasy twelve, I um I was like so into Final Fantasy back when like nine came out and ten came out. That was sort of my my time where I actually was like paying attention to release dates and getting excited over the games. And then when Final Fantasy eleven came around I was a bit upset because it was an online game and that meant I wouldn't be allowed to play it. So that kind of threw me out of the Final Fantasy series a bit. And then. You had 10-2. You had 10-2, but like in terms of the main series, it really threw me for a loop. And especially since Kingdom Hearts was coming as well. But either way, um, so when Final Fantasy 12 was announced, my head was in a completely different spot. Like I was kind of not. I was I was still into Final Fantasy, but I wasn't so much. And then once it like had a sort of um, upset and it was stuck in development hell, but um, I think that threw me out even further. So when this game finally did release initially, I actually didn't get it until much later because I just I I wasn't interested. I was interested in playing other games or like interested in other stuff at school or whatever. I mean that isn't important to kind of highlight because obviously final fantasy 7 was 97 then we had like final fantasy 8 9 and 10 all coming out within a very short period of time yeah uh, final fantasy 11 then kind of broke up things final fantasy uh 10 2 came out like in 2003 2002 but then you know that was we had a very long period of time before the next numbered game came out and it's, it's not something we'd ever really had before no like all the games had come out within a, a year or two of each other and now we were having to wait, what, like four or five years bet- until the next game. And, you know, it's especially with the high paced video game environment and stuff. And obviously, like there is a loyalty to a franchise and you yeah. can go periods of time without like Metal Gear is a prime example of that. They go quite long periods of time between releases and it doesn't really matter that much. But with Final Fantasy, we were so used to that frequency and especially because Final Fantasy XII was a different style of Final Fantasy, like way different from anything we had before, like the momentum kind of got lost. It gave people a chance to look at other things, other RPG franchises. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like Persona had started kind of coming up, up around that time, right? It, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure. Persona, I can't Persona put 3, you on Persona that. 4. Um, I, I was not playing PS2, Persona right? at, that floor, at that point, but it might have been. Uh, Persona 3 came out uh, in 2006. So it came out around the same time. Um, but yeah, me then. Yes. Um, we ignored. Um, no, but like with all that in mind, like Final Fantasy twelve, it was already kind of something that was like in the back of my mind. It wasn't necessarily something that I was fully interested in. I actually bought it um, used and it was the steel copy of it. I found it used in a GameStop and um, I bought it thinking like, well, maybe I should give it a try. Um, And at the time, I didn't have any friends to talk to about Final Fantasy. Like, I had nobody around me. I was basically playing it by myself, essentially. And so when I popped it in and started playing, I was just like, wow, this gameplay is completely different. Like, I just wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't used to it. Like, I had, 
you know, gone through all these games playing in a standard ATB system. And then I was just like, wait, hold on. Why, why is this all like, why does this look like programming? Like what is going on with the Scambit system and that type of thing? And these license boards, like I just didn't understand it. I mean, it is a very valid point because obviously uh, with Final Fantasy 12, it was, it was very much based around the concept of Final Fantasy 11, which uses uh, again, a, a similar, um, I guess it's it's still an ATB system. It's yeah. like active time dimension, I think it's called yeah. in Final Fantasy twelve. But so in Final Fantasy eleven, obviously you're in, in generally in parties of six. You can obviously have parties of less, but you can have more up to eighteen. But the whole thing is that you do your actions and other players do their actions. But everything is kind of around a similar system. So if you hit attack, it will continue to attack until you tell it to do something otherwise, and it will overwrite. And you, basically, it's all about the kind of macros you set up that will just do a big chain of things depending on what you set up. And obviously within the macros themselves, you can do like specific commands that will happen, blah, blah, blah. So with Final Fantasy XII, it was that they wanted to have the player kind of control themselves, but the AI was a step too far. Like they just didn't think that people would be able to control three characters in real time. So Mm. they set up this gambit system. But yeah, it was was completely different. They wanted to have that offline MMO experience. So everything was kind of... Um, enemies would wander around the, the environment um, you can interact with everything you can run away from stuff all in real time and yeah like the previous gameplay systems just weren't like that at all they were still yeah. using the, the random battles you never saw enemies on the map or anything like no. that no so it was quite a shell shock for me and actually like I hate to admit it but I actually gave up on the game quite early on I think I got up to um the wreck scene I think I finished that whole passage and started playing with Vaughn a little bit and then I finally just thought you know I'm I don't like this and I had no one to talk to to sort of say like you know can you help me with the system or what do you think about the new system I just kind of was like by myself so I just gave up on it well I mean you even kind of had it a little bit with a zodiac cage because yeah like if you aren't familiar with how the game's going to play it can come across as like an action adventure kind of game yeah well not action action rpg where you because you can move around freely so it like the fact that your commands just happen and so mm. if you hit attack he'll just kind of run towards it and just do yeah something, and you don't have to do anything anymore yeah i was so used to just like one or the other either i'm playing an action rpg or i'm playing um a final fantasy like uh turn turn based game and so with Final Fantasy twelve, I almost sort of felt like it couldn't decide which one it wanted to be more for me personally. Like I know that it's its own system, but like at yeah. the time I was just kind of like, Well, wait, I this looks like an action RPG, but I'm playing a Final Fantasy game, but it's not playing like a Final Fantasy game. So wait, what what am I what am I doing? So I just got so just I, I just didn't care. I had and no sort of you thing were, about it. And you were getting that way again with the Zodiac Cage until yeah. I kind of was just like, Lauren, you don't have to keep moving around and running around everywhere. Like, you, and, can't, um, you can't dodge enemy attacks by no, moving away. Like, no, and I think that's the thing that annoyed me the most was the fact that like you just had to stand there and take it. And I was just like, I don't want to stand here and take it. Like, that's not Yeah, a natural, you've given me the option to move. That's not a natural action. That's not a natural thing that you would do. You wouldn't just like oh, somebody's coming out with me with a knife. Well, I'm just going to stand right here and hope to God that maybe I'll dodge it. 
Oh, oh no, I did not. I mean, Lightning Returns kind of did that approach where you, you had a bit more of an active role that you could block mm-hmm. and you could do other things in real time, but you didn't really have that much freedom to move around that much, but you still had more freedom than you'd had in the previous, that you still could influence her movements yeah. in some way. Yeah, a lot more than the previous ones. So, yeah, I, I mean, I gave it like a good... 45 minutes to an hour and then I gave up on it and I didn't touch it until now and you know there's some people who like whenever I saw people say how what a great Final Fantasy game it was I had to roll my eyes honestly from like from back then because to me it just was so different like I just thought you know the gameplay system just took such a different turn to what I was used to with a regular Final Fantasy game. Like, you wouldn't see, like, the Uncharted series decide, oh, let's have a third-person shooter, well, but no, go we're actually gonna, we're gonna make it a first-person shooter now and, like, not even tell you. So, yeah, I just was, I was really, like, thrown back, thrown out of it. I... I kind of lost interest. The the only game that sort of brought me back into the Final Fantasy series was Final Fantasy Versus Thirteen. Actually, that was like the only game that I was kind of like, actually, I really wanna I really wanna play that. Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and um, but yeah, so I was I was really kind of uh, disillusioned with the Final Fantasy series after Final Fantasy Twelve. I must admit, but yeah, I mean, I was kind of similar in a way. I mean, like um. I've talked about it before, but Final Fantasy XII, I was coming into it in a bit of a downer. Like I wasn't, I was in a big part of the community back then and there was a lot of negativity surrounding the game, especially with the delays and Matsuno leaving. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there was the characters themselves, like the art style was not, people weren't really kind of feeling it that much. It's like, it was a bit of a like Tabata Nomura situation, wasn't it? Well, it's just like, it was, as you said, it was completely different to what we'd seen before. We were so used to certain the way things were working like it all games had had artwork and characters that were created primarily by namura and amano yeah and then we went into this new game um where like there was a very different art style very different mechanics like it was this kind of free roam stuff and you know i was a big final fantasy 11 player and that kind of excited me a little bit but again like back then the the play, the people that were playing Final Fantasy Eleven were very different were a very different type of Final Fantasy fan. Mm-hmm. A lot of them actually weren't really Final Fantasy fans. They were fans of MMOs. Mm-hmm. And that was the reason why they were playing it. Not the fact that they were massive fans of the franchise. And to be honest, Final Fantasy Eleven didn't really have too much of an ode to the main series. Yeah. It was kind of like the spirits within I mean, not as bad as that in terms of like the. But the it was just kind of like an online experience. Yeah, of Final like, Fantasy just being oh, online. You've experience. got some jobs, you've got some summons. Yeah. But outside of that, there's not really that much that connects this to anything that's come before in the franchise. It's not like Final Fantasy fourteen now, where like, yeah. there's so many tributes and. Like, oh my god! Everything is just a fan service. But, but it's yeah, great. so I mean, like. Uh, it was the first Final Fantasy since 7 I, I didn't actually buy. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend bought it and um, we played through it together, like just kind of taking turns playing through it. Like I didn't kind of sit down like I had done with the previous ones and just kind of dedicate. I wasn't like desperate to get it. I, cause I remember like Final Fantasy 8, 9, I literally just would lock myself in my room for a week and just play, play through it. Whereas with Final Fantasy 12, like it was, we were much more casual about it. Like it didn't, yeah. it didn't just, it just didn't draw us in. Like we no. were kind of bored with it to be honest like i and i i always remember the sand sea it just 
the like the Nem Yanza and the Om where I can't remember the name of the other one. Um but the they just bored the crap out of us. It's like the music was just drab. It, like I get the fact it's supposed to be related to a desert and it's not supposed to be that inspiring, but like at least make it somewhat interesting yeah. instead of just like I really don't want to keep listening to this. I'm gonna And then it's just the enemies there as well. Like it's yeah, always like, like the, the same, same thing. thing over and like, over and over. I, I mean again. I've just been running through it again. I literally just sped through it about like five minutes ago to kill the Wyvern King. I ran from the front to the end instead of using the Tomb of Wraith Road teleport crystal. But um like it's just like the little guys, the little dudes, the sand yeah. dudes, and you just it's either that, there's a couple of mandragoras, um, there's a couple of um like clockatrices yeah it's just those three enemies for, yeah. for like two hours yeah yeah i mean like thank god for the times four multiplier like that that is amazing like the fact that you can just speed through it it made it's making the experience a lot less like yeah drawn out but i, I mean, can't imagine doing it we i think i, I mean i played it. through other games uh, like i'm a final fantasy 10 where with my friend um we both bawled our eyes out at the ending. Like, it, yeah. di- it didn't make a difference, the fact that I was playing with friends. But with Final Fantasy twelve, like, the story... I was not prepared for the way the story was playing out. I was expecting to have a story that would draw me into the characters. Like, that's the thing about a Final Fantasy story that, that drew me in. Like, the character development. Mm-hmm. It was always about the characters pushing yeah. forward. Like, the overall story and stuff and everything, it always had to relate primarily to the characters. Whereas twelve was... It had the characters in there, but they were more kind of pawns mm-hmm. in a bigger game, and um, like it just, I didn't, I didn't ever feel that one of the characters I, I was rooting for. Um, they all have their different motivations, and like, I think now, and it's kind of what I felt like now playing the Zodiac Age. I do, I am looking at it with a different perspective, but back then, it just nothing. I finished, we finished the story, and it was just like, great, okay, fantastic. I, I don't. I think part of it as well is that, like, they almost were sort of shooting for the moon with this whole backstory with regards to, like, the wars that were happening and that type of thing. It's a bit of the, it's a bit of the Type Zero Tabata type um, story lore to have. And I don't think I was necessarily prepared for that because we didn't have that in any of the other Final Fantasies. You were, the other Final Fantasies, they kind of threw you in and then you figured things out as you went along, didn't you? Like you went into Final Fantasy VIII. The ending makes no sense if you don't know any of the characters. Or sorry, the beginning. Yeah, the beginning doesn't make any sense if you don't know any of the characters. And uh, then you learn about Seed as you go along. Final Fantasy VII, you learn about uh, what Avalanche is doing. You learn about Soldier as you go along. Final Fantasy X, you learn about Spirit as Titus is learning about Spirit. Like, it was always sort of the same mechanic. And uh, with this game, like, they kind of had that with Vaughn and Pinello yeah, like, a bit. there's but, mass invasions. But they there's... also have this, like, like reading segment where they it's just on door, isn't it? Just yeah. reading off a script. And it's just boring. Like, it's just, it doesn't resonate as well as just showing us it's, it. I think it's more the fact that, like... Um, a lot of the stuff that happens towards the beginning of the game, you have no part in. Yeah. So you're playing as Vaughn, who's kind of like nothing to do with anything that's going on whatsoever, other than the fact that his brother was part of the Nalbada kind of failed offensive. But there's so much stuff happening with Vane and like Rassler and mm. um, uh, King Ramanus. 
Like, it really didn't set the stage well. No, it set the even stage like, well in some you, you cases, but you, there's no there's no direct impact on anything that you do on the story until probably you get to um, Bujaba and you like do stuff there. So you, you're going through um, like with Vaughn, Pinello, Balthier, Fran. You then meet up with Bash, mm. but everything you do is just kind of just moving along, and there's all this other stuff going on around you. Whereas in all the previous games, the other stuff, like you were the the person, like there was stuff going around you, but you were always in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Like you, you were completely um, in charge of everything. Like you think Squall, like okay, they started off as minor members, they just got promoted to seed, but then they're going on their first seed missions. Yeah, but they somehow kind of bumble into it, like yeah. the massive garden war, and like, yeah, they get promoted very quickly into into becoming like much much bigger players. Whereas this, it kind of works the same way, but like. It, it doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't throw you in well enough, and like some of the twists and turns don't probably have the same effect on you as they would if the setup was a bit, a bit. Yeah, better. I mean, like so, and it might have a part to do with the fact that they had changed hands. Well, they've come out and said now, after all these years, that the change of director didn't really change that much in this. But story. it obviously did because Pinello's part doesn't exist. Like Pinello is like not in the game, and in the original story, original original story, she was supposed to have this like bigger role, which kind of makes sense. She because... basically, as far as and I it's so sad. I mean, like, I, so I. Uh, what we're going to talk about where we're up to so far. So yeah. you're you're up to where are you up to? Again? I'm like in the sand sea still. Okay, and then I have just uh, I've just left the Mount Barama Sons. I'm going to Arcadia, and yeah. So Penelo after after she um, has the thing with Bagamnan and then Larsa. She basically hasn't had a line of dialogue yeah. since that. She's kind of like a forgotten <laughs> character. Yeah. She's basically there as kind of Vaughn's tag along and just says like really like minor things. And it's just a shame because she seems like she's a strong character. Like she seems like she's got a good head on her shoulders. But I mean, I don't know how you feel about it or how other people feel about it. But I feel like the other problem is the fact that like other characters that are taking the forefront, like Ash, Ash is not likable. I don't no. find anything like remotely likable about Ash. Like I think that's... she's strong, but she's she's so rude. I think it's gonna be it's gonna sound a bit strange, but um, when Ash's character development starts to come to the fore, it's it, it to the fore yeah. to the fore. That's when I I lose interest in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it for me, it happens after the sequence on Leviathan when she's all like, "I need to get revenge. I need all this power," and it's like I, I'm like, I, "Do I do I want to get behind that? Like that that's not really a protagonist's kind of action. Like yeah. I'm gonna destroy everyone. Yeah. Like no, that's not that's not how like I want characters to be you're basically just being vain or you're basically being the antagonist yeah which is why there is the argument that she is the antagonist like one of the antagonists in the game yeah because it's just like you know she wants to find out how to use all this power and everything and and the other characters are just like okay (laughs) calm down like and then you have to go on this quest to find out more about the power and getting all this power and it's like but I don't I don't really want to be doing this no no, and yeah, like she's just so controlling. She's always telling Vaughn to like shut up, and I'm just like, can't uh, just go away. Well, they kind of, 
Vaughn has like a connection with her, which I yeah. think I've mentioned before, like where I was expecting something to develop between yeah. them. Because when they're in Wraithwall, uh, the tomb of Wraithwall, he sees Rassler and he's the only person apart from Ash that sees him. And he sees him a couple of times, but then um, when they are in the Still Shrine of Miriam, he doesn't see him anymore. Mm. And it's like that connection they had just then evaporates. It's like, why, why did Vaughn see him? No yeah. one knows, as yeah. far as I'm aware. Yeah, so it's just like, like they could have, they had the potential to make that into an interesting relationship where they could have had a better dynamic. She could have learned to understand him. He could have learned to understand her or whatever. But it, it just, at the moment for me, it just feels like they're not doing anything remotely to address that. But anyway, right, so this sounds but, really like, negative so far. Yeah, I know. Um, but I, with all that aside... Oh my freaking god, I love Balthier and Fran so much. Like, they are saving the game for me. Like, I just think that Balthier's writing is just brilliant. I think that his one-liners are, although at times they can be really corny, I'm just like, oh my god, you are just, you are so sassy and I, I love do you. Think he, and I mean, Fran I love as well. I mean, obviously knowing how his story plays out i do think like the way his character progresses through the game is a bit weird mm. so initially he's a sky pirate and he's all about kidnapping and rewards and stuff and like obviously it's kind of tongue-in-cheek a little bit because he doesn't really need it yeah but um like, well don't spoilers well, i'm not saying I don't anything no he's rich mm. okay. um he's a sky pirate he's got yeah. a massive airship like okay. <laughs> Um, but there's a point where, like, you know, I've I've just left Mount Borrow, uh, no, uh, yeah, Mount Borrow, my sons, and he's just he he changes his his mindset. It's no longer about being a sky pirate. He's just like he's the one that's like, when are we leaving? Mm. But what's your motivation about it? Mm. Like you until you find something more powerful is is the thing that he kind of says. But like, it's just kind of like, should it be him then driving people forward? Yeah. Probably not, but I mean, obviously, there's kind of reasons why, but it just seems a bit strange. Yeah. But anyway, but um, like with Fran, like I love, I love Fran's development. I love the sort of sacrifices she made for the light that she had, and the fact that she doesn't want that for her sisters either. Like, I love her. Her voice acting is strange, but I love it. I know. Like some people have been complaining about it, but I think it really works because she sounds as though she's not of the same. Same and area. She's got so much sarcasm. Like she just... is. Oh my gosh. When she's just like, how about we actually leave the scene of the crime like proper kidnappers, guys? Like, come on. Could 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 we leave? And <laughs> I, I, and I would say I, I've I've been enjoying the pacing um, mm. a little bit more than I I did before, and I think it's because of that times four. Because, yeah. Like the dungeons can be really long. It can kind yeah. of just take you out of the moment. So now I've kind of got the the joy of doing progression the way that I want it to, as opposed to having to kind of plow through endless dungeons. And I think it's good as well because it's kind of um, I was having a discussion uh, very briefly with uh, one of our patrons, poor Jonathan Gonzalez, about this actually. And I think the thing that it, it, there's a comparison with Final Fantasy 15 here because they're both open world games, and I think the the difference with 12 and 15 is that with 12 you progress through the game there's loads of other stuff you can be doing as the marks and and like other quests and stuff and the weapons you can be trying to get but it doesn't keep ramming it in your face every five seconds that you mm. need to do these things it's just like i i will go and do the marks if i think about going and doing the marks yeah. otherwise i'm going to progress with the story because that's the last thing i've been told i need to do yeah 
like if I want to go and see something else, I will do it. I don't need a notification or like all this stuff like popping up saying, here's a distraction. Yeah. Don't do this. <laughs> oh, uh, make sure you do this before you progress. Like all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. That's, that's what ruined the pacing of Final Fantasy 15. 12 doesn't have that. And I think I've kind of got over that. I don't want to do the story because I don't like Ash's motivations wall, like that kind of thing. I've got over that. I'm now going to KDs and I'm, I'm, I've been enjoying it. Like from starting the game through to that, the end of the Leviathan sequence, I was kind of like hooked. Yeah. I was, I, I bashed through that and like, like pretty much as I was playing it almost nonstop was as much as I yeah. could given yeah. the situation. Yeah. And I was, I was quite surprised by that in a way. And I was like really liking the characters and, I mean, I, I say surprised, but like, I know that I'm now like, well, like 10 years older yeah. than when I played Final Fantasy XII the first time. And I think also like, yeah, a similar situation with the Gambits, like it's a, it's a, it's a complicated system. Mm-hmm. And like, if you don't necessarily know what's going on and like with all the other stuff that's going on with Final Fantasy XII, like, I mean, the guidebook that we had when we were playing it the first time is, is detailed. It's mm-hmm. extensive. And like, there's so much stuff. Um, but I think this time it's a lot more fresh. I think mm. the job system has helped. Yeah. I think the fact that they've made like the gambits available whenever is is good because you can just kind of do the setups you want yeah. sooner. I think with the license boards being specific, you can you can gear your characters much sooner. So like, you know, with um Vaughn, I got his HP up straight away because that's what I wanted to do just to give me a bit more defense. Like yeah. and I think Bash I got all those like attack damage once just because he's my damage dealer. It's almost like the restrictions kind of, um, they focus you more, they make you more aware of what's going on. Whereas I like, I mean, I didn't really explore the license board um, when I played initially because I didn't get to that point in the game. (laughs) And so like, you know, um, I, I would have imagined that I would have had a tough time trying to figure out where to go when the license board was really open it's like it, the sphere grid, at least, was a bit understandable in Final Fantasy X. You kind of knew where the white mage stuff was, where the black mage stuff was. That Why, you, you had very limited choice yeah. until you yeah. started getting the, the locks. Yeah, and you always started at a specific point in the map unless you were doing like an expert grid. Um, and so with this, like, I I definitely prefer the jobs. I think that the jobs really make it um i mean it's it's better the planning out is is difficult like you have mm. to like once you're kind of committed to it you're fine but yeah like that initial what jobs do i pick yeah kind of thing is can be quite daunting yeah i would say that the only thing i do kind of wish is that i had a fourth character because i sort of feel like you know i this is all great this is a great setup but i could just use that one more person to just fill it out it's kind of strange as well because I guess you have guest characters so frequently yeah. towards like in the first half of the game. Like when they leave, it feels like there's a hole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they stick around for such a long period of time as well because it's this open world thing. Yeah. Whereas in previous games, when you had guest characters, it was very, very short yes. period of time. Yeah. So like, yeah, I'm a bit like, well, you know, it's great that you're here, guest character, but I would rather just level up one of my other characters because i feel like i'm pretty much forgetting everybody now like i i'm just like i have my three characters and i'm sticking them in there and i hope to god that there's no challenge where i have to use my other players because otherwise i'm gonna die 
Yeah, I've done pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Um, so what's the <laughs> setup, Lauren? Because we pretty much picked exactly yeah, the same one. Yeah, I know. We weren't, we were being a bit like, I don't know. We we just were um, feeling the same thing. Safe. But yeah. Um, so we have Vaughn, uh, Bosch, and Fran. Um, I haven't unlocked the double things yet, uh, the double um, license boards yet. So I just have uh, Shikari for Vaughn. Um, for Bosch, I have... I don't think I did. You went night did I, first. I think I went night. Yeah. Yeah. So I have night for Bash. And then for Fran, I have um, uh, Machinist. Yeah. So I've, I have I have got the second license board. So I've got um, Balan as a Shikari Foebreaker. I've got Bash as a Bushy Knight. And I've got Fran as a Machinist White Mage. And I'm. That's pr- a good system. I'm pretty happy with what I've got so far. Yeah. Like, just a weird thing, like so. We've got Pinello as Black Mage Monk, uh, Ash as a Red Mage uh, Archer, and uh, Balthier as an Ulan Time Mage. And I just can't, I can't env- envision how I would have those characters in my current party. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know really what they'd add into over what I currently have. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like they're just kind of extra. I mean, I guess. I could probably put in Pinello instead of Bash to get magical damage instead of t- double physical. Mm. But I don't know. I just, it just doesn't, I don't want them. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to use them. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. But yeah, no, I, I've not been, I've not been using the other ones. I've just kind of left them by the wayside, which makes me sad as well because I really do like Balthier, but. You were using Sorry, Balthier baby, for a I pop. can't get you in. You were using him for a bit. Yeah. He's my lowest character, actually. I, I think know. he's like level 12 still, and the other ones are all level 40. But he's just so sweet. I love Balthier so much. But I mean, yeah, like, despite our kind of criticisms around the story, like I said, I've been enjoying the pacing a lot better. Yeah, I, I we think... probably shouldn't start with the negatives. <laughs> I, I don't know how that happened. I think it was because we were talking about kind yeah. of where we were before and how yeah, we felt. Yeah, and I was really negative before. And I, yeah, so I've been enjoying I've been enjoying the story. I said I hit that kind of wall after the Leviathan, and I've kind of pushed through it a little bit. I had a mm. bit of a hiccup in the Still Storm of Miriam where my autosave all broke. And yeah, that was really redo- sad. I had to redo an hour's worth of stuff, which feels like such a chore these days. Oh. But I mean, I remember back in the day when you forgot to save and you'd have to do like four or five hours again. That was yeah. that was a big deal. And yeah, like I think I, I'm enjoying the kind of job system. I'm really enjoying that actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the times four thing has made the game so much more bearable for me. Yeah, as well. yeah. No, I agree. I think that it's been it's been really great. I think um i'm i mean i'm further now than i was before yes, and you are. i still actually do want to play it um which is a good sign i mean yeah it's still not it it's still not my favorite system it's not a system that i'd i'd personally think like oh i really want to play this game like for good like i think that this is this should be the future of Final fantasy like i i don't like the fact that you just kind of sit there and let it do things yourself. I'm I'm a person I who likes to do things. I like to like press X. I like to actually do stuff. I mean, and I, the whole thing with twelve is that you can do that. Yeah, it's just that, it's just that it that, makes it a lot more annoying. Yeah, and if you do that, you're just like, well, 
I could just have, I could just not do it. Yeah, like somebody was saying, like, why don't you just turn the gamut off? And it's like, yeah, that's fair enough. But then I would be spending a load more time in certain areas grinding. And it would just make the game so much more tedious than it needs to be. Um, But like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't like that it's all sort of figured out for me just by the gambits. Like, I like... I like the sort of figuring things out as you go. Like with Final Fantasy thirteen, I loved sort of switching around characters, trying to see what um what characters worked for which anime. Um even Final Fantasy fifteen, I just liked like attacking people with um just various uh, combos and stuff. Like I just liked to do that. And with Final Fantasy twelve I just don't feel like I can. So what do you think about the soundtrack? It's not that memorable <laughs> i'm sounding really negative but it's like there's it's okay but i guess because it they're in that transition still because this is like the first game that really had like no no boo wasn't it uh yeah i mean tenty but yeah but like the first main game that had like no like just none of him so like going from that to something that just, like, there wasn't really any sort of, like, themes. Like, there's not really, like, a, ta- like, a, I mean, there's themes, but they're not as memorable as Nobu Matsu's ones were. It's like going from, like, John Williams to, like, just some random, like, g- composer um, for film. It's like, you would always recognize a John Williams theme, like, you know, you could, you could hum it till the cows come home, whatever. But then when you go to this other guy who you don't remember his themes as much, you're like watching Star Wars, but you're not remembering. It's like when we watched Rogue One. It's like when you and I watched Rogue One. Granted, I don't, th- I don't think that he did the the um, soundtrack for Rogue One, John Williams. I think it was um, Giacchino, yeah. So it was exactly that. It was like when we watched Rogue One and we were just like, this is not right. This is not the Star Wars soundtrack that we know and love. Like, I hate to be that sort of purist, but like John Williams' themes were just so great. And like listening to that Star Wars theme, you're always trying to listen for that where's that Star Wars theme? Oh, there it is. And in Rogue One, we were just kind of like, oh, it's coming. Oh, 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 it didn't go the way I wanted it to. So that's how I feel with Zodiac. I mean, I'd well, say... Well, with 12 in general. It's probably the one area of the game I've been most critical around because I, I, I love my soundtracks. And yeah, like it's not it's not really a memorable soundtrack in the same mm-hmm. way. I think it works really well in the context of the game. Like as I said, like the, the Sansi soundtrack piece is... It's great for the Sansi. Like it, it makes you feel like a desert. It makes you yeah. feel like you're kind of in a, an oasis kind of situation. But do I want to listen to that on a regular basis? No, I do not. No, I do <laughs> no, not. No, I do not. And I think, you know, that's... The remaster has helped because one of my other big criticisms about the original soundtrack was the samples that Sakamoto used. I just didn't like them. I think they made the soundtrack... Like, it, it wasn't a positive experience based around that. So I think the fact that they've now got the kind of orchestrated versions of the tracks in there, I think that has helped. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I, I haven't. This is the thing. I haven't been bothered by what I've been listening to. Mm. Like, I think it's fine. Um, am I gonna want to listen to it in my spare time? Probably not. Like, there are some tracks that I, I like, 
Um, I really like the um, the I think it's sorrow or the liberation theme. Um, mm. Yeah, that is pretty badass. And the like, I think like I, I like Rabanasta, like Low Town. Yeah, um, but like Error Village is decent as well. But like, it's I could probably count the amount of tracks that I'd want to listen to on a semi regular basis on two hands. And I think you know, compared to a normal soundtrack, like. Uh, I don't know. Most most of the tracks have that association mm. with like with a lot of the places you go. Uh, for, I mean, it's one of Uematsu's hallmarks that he can create um, memories based on the soundtracks he composes. Yeah, you can just instantly know like that's the theme for that, whether it's a person, a place, a scene. Yeah, you can always sort of remember what's going on in that scene. Whereas Twelve doesn't. It doesn't really have that. Like the the same kind of themes are kind of playing but they're they're in the background like they don't really get brought out as much as they could do yeah Um, and they're quite they're just quite muted really yeah they're subtle so yeah i mean like i i am preferring the remaster soundtrack i still don't think it's really changed my mind about the the soundtrack as a whole though Mm. i think it's good for the game i just don't think it's 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 good in terms of like the the long term yeah so I think overall with the Zodiac Age, I, I, I'm enjoying playing it again. Yeah. I, I'd i say I'm probably enjoying, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it more than I did the first time I played it. Mm-hmm. I think you are too. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm. And I think as a remaster. I am enjoying it. That they couldn't really have asked for more, right? I yeah. Think, you know, as an overall product, Final Fantasy XII the Zodiac Age, it doesn't feel outdated. No. It doesn't feel like it doesn't belong. I mean, it's not like, as harsh as it sounds it's not like it's not like type zero like type zero did not belong on a playstation 4 like it really didn't yeah like whereas whereas final fantasy 12 it could easily have been like it, it doesn't feel out of place i mean no. yeah, the graphics aren't stellar compared to what we're used to now like it's not it's not going to compete with uncharted 4 or final fantasy 15 yeah. but but like it's it's very much playable the mechanics are fine Mm-hmm. the like everything about the game the presentation and everything it, it feels like it's it's a decent ps4 game yeah and i like and that's always the thing when it when you're talking about remasters and re-releases like i think a lot of the ones that were on the playstation 3 felt date like they still felt a bit dated like maybe they didn't really re- like get remastered that well yeah like the mechanics felt old whereas the zodiac age like everything feels fluid nice yeah like i can't i can't really fault it in that way like it's, no. it's it's a really good remaster yeah no like i definitely think it's a good it's a decent game my problem with it is that it's just not my type of final fantasy game it's just not it's not something that i would go back to i it's probably just it's just not uh, you're tearing me apart lisa um it's just not it's just not my type of Final Fantasy game. I am much more of well, the I mean, turn-based give it, system. Give it some time. You still, you still have a no, long way to no, go. No, no, I know, but I'm saying this now. It's not the type of game. I've I, already made up my decision, I've already even though made I'm up my only decision. a quarter Darryl's, of the way through. Daryl's, Daryl's, I've already made up my mind. I'm with a the grown woman, system. damn it. I am. I like to do things. I enjoy my turn-based systems. I also enjoy action-based systems i don't enjoy middle in action <laughs> in action, in action systems. systems it's the same problem i had with chain of memories sort your life out mate so yeah 
That's my um, so, that's my thing. I don't mind it, but it's not my cup of tea. So yeah, I mean, I hope you guys are enjoying the Zodiac Age if you picked it up. If you haven't and you were kind of on the fence about twelve before, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, it's a, it's quite a different game to the original one. There's a ton of changes, like the job system we mentioned. Um, so yeah, like if you're on the fence, I would definitely check out. Obviously, if you liked Final Fantasy twelve before, you're probably gonna love this. Mm. And if you didn't like Final Fantasy twelve before, I mean, like I can't tell you you should go and buy it because like if you don't if you didn't if you really didn't like it before you probably won't like this one but i'm enjoying this one more than i i'm enjoying it this time around more than i did the first time um is this where you'd like just wish that blockbuster still existed where you could just be like just go go rent it there are still systems around that are services around that you can do that yeah Um, but but it would be great yeah, or maybe just go around a friend's house, like check it out that way. And, yeah, or just watch some like some... watch some videos on it. I would. I was gonna say watch some videos, but I don't think that would be a good idea because you mm. don't really get a feel for the the system and how it plays and stuff. And mm. like the decisions that are going to be made aren't your decisions. Yeah, like they're they're decisions that the player is going to be making, and they're not. And that's the, what Twelve's all about. Like Ito wanted to make it so that everyone had decisions that they had to make, and they had to stick yeah. with them. If you you do, will stay with your decisions. But it's just like if someone else, if you're just playing through someone else's decisions, it's not really the same thing. It's not like Uncharted where it's just a linear path. This has actual decisions and different things you can do at different points. Yeah. But anyway, so we're now going to move on to the couple of news stories we have, which Lauren is going to take us through. <gasps> so first of all, we got something that we have been waiting and waiting and waiting for. Do you know what it is, Daryl? Oh, I know what it is. Oh, you know what it is. We got Magitech exosuits. They are coming. Um, when are the thirty third? The thirty third. <laughs> the thirty first of July. The uh, exosuits are finally coming to Final Fantasy fifteen. We will finally actually see what they look like because we don't know what they look like still. Still. Um. I'm guessing they're just going to show off a big surprise. When... See, now, this this is something that kind of makes me laugh a little bit because I know we've said before, like, they might as well just not even bother at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just, they should have, they, maybe they've just canned it, but oh, clearly they haven't. They're coming yeah. out. But they did say when they kind of postponed them before that they were, mm-hmm. they weren't going to do it until they came up with a design they were happy with. They've come up with that design, but last time, if everyone remembers, they announced it like of two weeks before. Yeah. They show off the designs and then they had to can it because those designs had issues. This time they ain't showing off those designs. No. Which concerns me slightly because <laughs> if there are issues, like are they gonna pull it like the day before release? Are we just not gonna see it? Are they gonna pull I it out know. and then see what happens? I'm like, really worried. I, I just don't know what they're going to pull yeah, out. I mean everyone wearing kenny crow outfits yeah it it could very well be that but either way it's yeah 31st of july um there's going to be a couple of other updates i think happening at the same time Mm. and for everyone's reference the exosuits give you 30 minutes of complete invulnerability you take no damage whatsoever and it also enhances your fishing abilities yay Um, (laughs) and but you can only use it once every 24 hours yeah so if there is a dungeon you're particularly struggling with like the costal mark tower for example then you can bump on those sexy suits, blast through it, and don't have to worry about being up, getting smashed in the face. Yeah, as long as you finish it within 30 minutes. As long, Yes, as long yeah. as you finish it within 30 minutes. Yeah. So next up we have Dissidia NT. Yes, um, they're doing a closed beta for it. Um, the signups are 
Are they still going on? Or are yeah. they? Yeah. Um, so they're still going on uh, for North America and for Europe as well. Uh, Europe, you have to. Um, so there's a. There's what? So there's two different websites. There's two different sign up processes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they've done this. North America, you have to have a Squenix. A Squenix. You have to have a Square Enix members account. <laughs> and then once you've got that, you can sign up for the beta. In Europe and I believe Latin America, you don't have to do that. You just mm. have to give them your PlayStation ID and then they'll email you if you get in. Yeah. Like, why couldn't America have just done that? Because it's got to be complicated. But there's no reason for it. it got to be complicated. Like unnecessary data capture, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But either way, uh, those are the two ways to go and try it out um, and hopefully get into the beta before I the game releases. I don't believe they've said when the beta is going to happen. But no. um, it will be before It'll the end be of the year. It'll be soon. It'll be before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all that's happened. I mean, we've had some gurgles from Nomura, but like yeah, nothing I mean, really Nomura, that he was big. Kind of haphazard talking about, well, not haphazard, but. It's not Final Fantasy related as yeah, such. It's but more he, Kingdom Hearts 3. After D23, he said a load of stuff for basically saying that like his games have been delayed. He knows he's got a reputation around his games taking a long time. He finds that a very hurtful reputation because it's basically nothing to do with him as to why the games are taking so long. Yeah. I mean, like everyone knows about Versus 13 and time that took, but... I mean, if you look at it, we were doing a bit of it when we were researching Type Zero. A lot of it was out of his hands. Like, yeah, you know, he would. They he was never actually given any time to work on Versus Thirteen because uh, his staff was taken to do Thirteen, uh, Type Zero, like loads of other projects, Kingdom Hearts as well, probably. Load of load of other projects that just kind of they never let him focus on Versus Thirteen until kind of Tabata came on board and he didn't have any other products and they just gave it to him instead so that Nomura could then focus on Kingdom Hearts 3 and the 7 Remake, I guess. Um, and with Kingdom Hearts 3 specifically, he was saying like, you know, the game was supposed to come out by now, but um, the man- upper management in Square Enix made me change from Luminous Engine to Unreal Engine 4. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a decision I didn't I didn't disagree with. Like, I think it's yeah. been good for the company like to do that. they had to. But, you know, that's a reason for the delay because they basically had to start from scratch in a lot yeah. of areas. And also, yeah, like with um, the previous projects, there's only a finite number of staff members within Square Enix. And if other things come up that are a bigger priority, then they get taken off, which also happened on Kingdom Hearts 3. So he was basically saying that it's coming it's coming out next year, but it's it would have come out sooner had these other things not happened. The, the reason this relates to Final Fantasy VII is because... There's already that kind of stuff happening. Like yeah. We've seen they were using CyberConnect 2. They're and now no they've pulled using out. Them. They've pulled it internally. Was that Nomura's decision? It doesn't sound like it would have been. Like he no, may have, he may have had an influence in it. But, you know, it sounds like it's the kind of decision that Kataze would have made. And then Nomura has to deal with. And Nomura has to take all the flack. Which is kind of like with Tabata as well. Like a lot of the stuff that was happening, he just has to front up. Yeah. And he never kind of said, this is someone else's fault. Yeah, no. It's, it was just like, I have to take the responsibility. It's my role as the director to make this work. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's that kind of happened with yeah. Nomura. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Some, some yeah. publications decided to basically say, it's Nomura versus Square Enix. He's 
ratting him and out. And he's just like, it's not the case, guys. He's like, just explaining. It's not. He's just explaining what happened and it, that it's like not really anybody's fault. It's just, it's just the way of the business. Yeah, really. it's like don't don't blame him for games taking. Don't so blame long. him. Don't blame Square Enix. Just crap happens sometimes. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah, so uh, music this episode is Final Fantasy XII related. <gasps> um, I see that you I have know, another track from Varian. Another so track from last Varian. Last episode we had a track from Varian from Final Fantasy X. This time we've got one from Final Fantasy XII. It's Rabanasta. It's on to brand. It haven't I haven't to listened it to it yet, no. But you should do. I'm excited. You should do. I will do. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy that. Um, it's pretty much like a straight reimagining of the original version a bit more of a kind of atmospheric remaster than the remaster we get in the actual game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 8th of August. Of course, you can subscribe to us on the iTunes store. Just search for Final Fantasy and we will come up. And uh, yeah, be sure to check out our YouTube channel as well, FF Union Vids. We're closing on 30,000 subscribers Whee! now. Just so crazy. So I know. crazy. It's insane. And yeah, you can obviously catch out all our news coverage at farmfantasy.com, which is done by Brayden. Thank you, Brayden. There's not been a massive amount going on recently, but he's still been able to find tons of stuff relating to like Brave Exvius, Mobius, Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age. Like, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. It's just that yeah, mobile games and other stuff. Just wait, Square Enix are going to absolutely go crazy soon. Uh, Gamescom is in like three four weeks now so i'm expecting a ton of stuff coming out of that Mm -hmm. and yeah like if you want to support us on patreon as well then please check out our patreon at forward slash ffkh union yes do okay guys i think it's time for us to say goodbye i think lauren's a little bit sleepy it's a late night recording Mm -hmm. goodbye guys and i'm daryl saying goodbye this is and i'm daryl saying goodbye this has been a final fantasy production